This week on Access Louisville, we're going to talk about a company with a huge opportunity for growth that might be leaving the area. But then we're going to lighten things up a little bit and talk about a hotel that's offering a crazy VIP package. It's all worth talking about, mostly. Stick around. joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Brooke Timmons. Hi, hi. Marty Finley. How's it going? And Haley Cotton. Hi there. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week, we bring you the latest news and the sharpest opinions on this city we love, Louisville, Kentucky. But before we do that, we're going to start this show with something totally different. Haley has been working on a story about all the celebrities that have played Colonel Sanders over the years. And she's going to test our knowledge of this popular ad campaign with a KFC celebrity colonel quiz. Haley. So I wrote all these questions down and I tried to make a couple easy ones, softballs for you guys, just for people who haven't been paying attention because I didn't want you to look bad in front of all of our listeners. Mm-hmm. I'm so um, excited about this. But there's also a couple of what I think are more challenging, but we'll see. Um, I, I'm excited about this quiz. I think I'm going to do pretty good. Okay. Because I used to be the restaurant reporter. So. You wrote about several <laughs> of them. I think Marty wrote about one. Brooke has I've looked at all of them. Yeah, she's designed <laughs> all Except the pages. Except now I'm going to be like, Brooke knows all. Like, Ooh. Haley knows all, but now I'm not going to know yeah. all. I'm a fan of Robo Colonel, so. <laughs> yeah, me too. Okay. So all right, let's go. Let's get to this quiz. So my first question is, who was the first celebrity colonel? Daryl Hammond. Wait ding, ding, ding. We're supposed to go. Sorry. Oh, no, wait. No, I, maybe we should do it like that. Just like the first. Marty first gets one out. point. Yeah. Whoever gets it first gets a point. I didn't remember that it one. It was Daryl Hammond. <laughs> I do remember it. Okay. So Marty gets the first right. point. Second question. Who was the only colonel that was actually a colonel in real life? Uh, Jason Jones. No. <laughs> I don't Jason know who Jones? that is. I thought that was the, uh, the football colonel. Oh, oh, you're close. I've suddenly forgotten all the colonels. <laughs> he was on The Daily Show. He was an ex-Marine. I think. Oh, you're talking about um, oh, Rob Riggle. Ding, oh, ding, ding. Rob Riggle. Marty okay. got second point. <laughs> Rob Sorry. Riggle was Marty actually... is cleaning up. <laughs> Rob Riggle... going to set the next one out. <laughs> uh, Riggle was Please a... Don't. There will just be crickets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was a lieutenant colonel with the United States Marine Corps Reserves. Yeah. And he's actually... He was born in Louisville. Well, so oh. a couple of <laughs> actual ties to the colonel. <laughs> <laughs> Which raises the question, who the hell is Jason Jones? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that is. Um, Third question. Uh, Who is the only colonel to portray the colonel twice? Hmm. In two separate campaigns. Uh, George Hamilton. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. The extra crispy colonel. He is my second favorite colonel. Creepiest colonel. (laughs) I like him. He was was one of my favorites. And I'd never heard of him before that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no, never. So he never was so George Hamilton. Like a professional rich guy or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was in. He was like a '60s actor or something. Yeah, and didn't he have like a juicer thing like he did for a while? Yeah. I, I don't know. Tan man. 
Yeah, his whole like marketing. He markets himself as a tan person. Like that's <laughs> who he is. <laughs> um, but he portrayed the extra crispy colonel in 2016, and then he was so popular that they brought him back in 2018. So he's the only one who's like been brought back to reprise their role, so to speak. Okay. And so the fourth question is what I think is one that will probably stump all of you because we didn't actually write about it, but I've researched it in my current gallery that I've been working on. So an unknown actor took on the role of the value colonel in 2017. Does anyone remember his name or anything about that campaign? Just remember then, who is that guy? I it, remember hearing the value kernel, but I can't. Yeah, because it was, yeah, because it was for like a value bucket or something. Yeah, it yeah, was okay. like the. He was like a value meal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got nothing. Crickets. Chirp, chirp. <laughs> I got nothing on that one. Either. So his name was Christopher Boyer, and he had actually auditioned oh, to be yeah, the colonel no. before, <laughs> and then they like didn't want him and forgot all about him, and then he came back again, and they like we had. We had no recollection of this guy, but he's a perfect fit. Relative unknown colonel. Yeah, and, and yeah, he said colonel. he said he was happy playing the common common man's colonel. The so. common man's colonel. That's great. I like it. That that concludes my quiz. That was Thanks the quiz. For, Thank yeah. you very much. Snaps this was Haley. Haley. Marty wins. I don't I know what you terribly. win, but <laughs> what was that about? I looked up Jason Jones during that. <laughs> that guy doesn't exist. He. Also was a Daily Show correspondent. I remember him. But ah. a different one yeah, it was, than, it's than it's Rob not Rob Riggle. <laughs> hey, Once in my he defense, Rob Riggle has an alliteration name, and so does Jason Jones. They kind of well, at least Jason true. Jones is like an actual person, and he didn't it's not just, just have like a stroke. some random <laughs> person. But was he actually a colonel? No, no. he was never oh, okay. a colonel. Rob Riggle was. Just he was that just up. on the Daily Show, which so was Rob Riggle. So. Anyway, th- thank you. That was a, that was tough. I, w- I was hoping to get one of those, considering I was the restaurant reporter for a few years, but, <laughs> but I guess not. Um, I'll turn it over to a more serious topic. Haley had uh, written, uh, wrote the cover story this week. It's about Rivera Group. This is a story that she teased on a podcast a couple of times, saying she's working on this big project about a tech company that is, um, you know, looking to grow but may leave the area. So Haley, why don't you tell us a little bit about the story? So Rivera Group, if you haven't heard of them, they're a cybersecurity company located in Sellersburg, Indiana. Um, They've been quietly growing over there. Um, They work primarily with the federal government doing military contracts. Like Mm -hmm. they protect sensitive uh, data from like nefarious attackers that try to get a hold of um, military information from our government. So their whole job is to protect that. And so um, <clears throat> they have about 60 employees currently and about, well, 60 here in uh, this general region. And then they have like 40 remote. I forget the exact percentages there. But they've been quietly growing and they've just landed kind of a big product. It's called Eagle Six. The Eagle has landed. That's <laughs> no, that's why I said that. Um, <laughs> so this product, Eagle Six, is a cybersecurity tool. And um, they didn't realize that it was going to catch on with such wildfire and that it was going to be in such demand. And the, the, the growth of that product has led them to a immediate need to expand operations. Um, they actually want to build a 40-acre tech campus um, where they will build a total of four buildings. Each building will house about 500 employees mm-hmm. working on this cybersecurity product. And uh, so eventually by 2030, they hope to hire 2,000 tech workers. So 
the founder of this company, his name's Joey Rivera. He's a Southern Indiana native, sits on the board at uh, IU Southeast. Um, he's really kind of connected with that community and he wants to stay. Um, but Indiana seems to be like dragging their feet. So this is why it became a story for us because Joey is actually thinking about relocating the company to the Louisville area because Kentucky seems more likely or more willing to work with them and give them some meaningful incentives to keep them in this area. Um, so that's but what the we could lose them and all of these jobs, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, uh, and 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 it's not just Kentucky that they were thinking about leaving uh, or they were thinking about going to, right? So Kentucky's one of what did you say, twenty states that they were looking at? Oh, not twenty. No, it wasn't twenty. Okay. Um, <laughs> so they uh-huh. are looking at other states outside of Kentucky. Well, one of them you said was Texas, right? Yes. So, so uh, the COO of Rivera Group is Parrish Daly. He is a former Dell Technologies. Um, executive i forget his exact role at dell technologies but he worked at dell's headquarters which is in a suburb outside of austin texas for years Mm -hmm. he kind of knows what tech talent is available in texas knows what kind of incentives that city would offer um so he's the one really pushing for the move to texas uh joey rivera also told me that they're considering moves to georgia and colorado that both of those states have offered a range of like incentive based um, offers mm-hmm. to them. So they're dancing the dance with several states, not just Kentucky. Kentucky wouldn't say what negotiations were taking place, right? No. In fact, uh, I couldn't get a lot of people to talk about this at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did get um, the Kentucky Economic Development Cabinet to talk generally about attractiveness for tech in Kentucky, but I could not get anyone to talk on the record about the actual Rivera proposal and what incentives would be available for the company to stay here. Mm -hmm. The IEDC declined to comment. One Southern Indiana declined to comment. GLI declined to comment. Louisville Ford declined to comment. It was just a long, that's why the story took so long is because there were many entities that I needed to reach out to just to make sure that like, they can speak their piece. Yeah. Just so that they would have an opportunity to say whatever they wanted to say. And I was met with, like a lot of no thanks. <laughs> yeah. So it was a difficult story to kind of source in that way. So I was on the fence about this. It seems like they have this big opportunity in front of them, but they've also said there have been other times where they got incentives and then they didn't end up expanding, right? That That is correct. So about six years ago was their most recent expansion in attempt. They're going to expand in the, I'm trying to think of what the actual place is called like Northport or something yeah yeah Northport Northport Business Center yes so they were going to expand into there that was one of uh, their most recent expansion attempts it was on a much smaller scale than what they're currently planning to do Um, but essentially I asked Joey Rivera about this um, just to see you know what happened with that expansion that fell through and he said that government contract was initially going to allow them to hire workers here and do the work here, but then the government backtracked and said they wanted all of the work to be done in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and so they had to hire more people in that area versus here, which kind of um, took away the need to build or um, move into a larger facility in southern Indiana. So um, he said hindsight is twenty twenty, and they're actually you know kind of glad that 
the previous expansion attempts didn't really work out because they had never thought that they'd be a company with more than 500 employees. And now that's just phase one of what they want to do with this new plan. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I also thought it was interesting what Joey Rivera said about the uh, Nulu versus the East End. So he is not looking for something downtown. He's envisioning, like you said, a 40-acre campus. Uh, so tell us about that. He really wants to do the Google thing, it sounds like. Yeah, so uh, he was telling me that this campus that he wants to build will have plenty of amenities that would attract workers, whether that's restaurants, um, fitness complexes, a walking outdoor area, um, all sorts of things that he th- he says is needed to attract the quality talent that his company is going to need. They're mm-hmm. high-trained tech workers. A lot of them have more than 10 years of experience. These aren't like fresh out-of-college graduates in an IT field. These are experienced people that are going to get competitive wages, want a nice working environment that would be equivalent to what you could get at Google or another Silicon Valley company. So... Um, the new the new argument comes into play when Joey says that he's been talking with local and state officials in Kentucky about, you know, what areas are available for him to move into. And he said that he was hearing a lot of people talk about Nulu, saying, you guys need to go to Nulu. This is where everything's going to be. This is where El Toro's going. This is where they're building that great big uh, gateway to Nulu development. Um so Joey was like, Nulu is great and it's sexy and people think it's cool, but it's not for us. It's definitely not big enough for the scale of what we're planning to do. Yeah. Um, if we were to build in Louisville, we'd build it in the East End, not in Nulu. So that yeah. was kind of that whole debate. See, I think, all right, this is just my take on it. But if I were like a, uh, a young tech worker, I would want to work in the downtown area. I know that uh, campuses like Google and Facebook – They've located these, you know, uh, outside of San Francisco, uh, sprawly campuses. But also there's major traffic problems out there. Um, so it seems like that would just invite more of that to, to have a big campus out there instead of trying to. I, I know he wants, he envisions, you know, all this open space and everything. But, you know, I would think that uh, for, for tech workers, a downtown or you know, urban situation seems more attractive. But I, I think that his whole idea of putting the campus out <clears throat> in the East End is a great idea because it's only going to expand our city. We keep saying we want to grow and we want to do this. So instead of, I think, putting it in new, it was kind of thinking too small. You know, I think if we put this big campus out in the East End and have a new Lou in the East End, you know, I mean, kind of thing. I don't know. I think I think we we sp- we grow outward too much, is my opinion. Instead of like trying to build infill and build in in some of these areas that are uh, inside the. I water think New Lou is pretty cramped, though. Like if you look at it, it as is. it is, it's a very small space, and there's a lot of development going mm-hmm. into it right now. So and it's great. It's wonderful. It's an awesome place to be. Yeah, and a tease starting to max out. Yeah, and to tease to uh, what Marty's working on, you guys should check out his cover story that comes out this week on the development of Nulu and the redevelopment of Nulu. It's yeah. kind of an encapsulating feature. I'll weigh in just as the real estate reporter. If you're wanting 40 acres, you're going to have to go to the East you End. Are. You are. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, a good an ideal spot right now would probably the old Henry Crossing area. Oh, yeah. That because is. they've got a ton of available land there, and it's right on um, 265. So you have that. And I've lived out in that area for most of my life, and just to see it kind of grow now is, is crazy, just to drive through when it was just fields yeah. for so many years. I mean, in – and I think you touched on this in the story, but in southern Indiana, River Ridge makes the most sense to me because they've yeah. got they've got acres, they still got thousands acres, of acres yeah. left, and they've got 
some tech companies and some, you know, they're appealing to those bigger brands out there that that are growing and have hundreds of people. So And they're gonna go to River Ridge for, for a short time. Yeah, right? so in the meantime, because they need to hire people and they are absolutely on top of each other in their current building in Sellersburg, they're going to be moving to River Ridge in January into like a thirteen thousand square foot building so that they can hire about 60 more people, you know, while they wait to make this campus decision, which they hope to make, you know, by the end of this year, sometime in November, because, um, you know, the clock's ticking. They wanted to get this started in 2020, and now here they are at the end of 2019 and still trying to decide where to put it, so. Uh, One thing I found really interesting in your article is the topic of maybe Indianapolis doesn't want to invest in Rivera Group in southern Indiana because so many of the workers would live in Louisville and in Kentucky. Yeah. I think that's kind of interesting. It's also probably true, uh, but I thought that was an interesting little yeah, component. That's something we've talked about before, the fact that one southern Indiana and GLI <laughs> talk about how they don't compete with each other, but I don't think Frankfurt and Indianapolis give a damn about that. <laughs> they just, you know, they're going to compete with each other all mm-hmm. they want. So. so a major tenant of this story, or at least like what was talked about as a solution to this predicament that we found ourselves in is something called like reciprocity relationships, reciprocal relationships between the two states in terms of um, offering some kind of unified incentive um, or uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like exemption. Like if you wanted to have your company in southern Indiana, it was fine because it's still bringing... um, economic wealth to the region right. as a whole. I mean, if you look at this room right here, you know, we, we live in a, a city yeah. that bleeds and uh, two Hoosiers in the two room. Hoosiers, so. Two Kentucky uh, <laughs> uh, residents. So, I mean, that's just how it shakes out in this area. Yeah. 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 Um, and, you know, those kind of, uh, you know, agreements, I think they would be, I mean, that would be a progressive step that the state could take about it. I don't know. Um, you know, it, it's in the works. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's, it's something that has been talked about generally for a long time. I just don't know how many I concrete mean, details are being hammered the, out. The, you know, the uh, we've declared this the year of tech, and uh, this this is our moment. This is the you know this is what we've been planning for. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> is this the next Humana? We always talk about the next Humana. I mean, is, is this the company we should be bending over backwards to try and uh, incentivize? And Haley, I'll let you off the hook on that one since you were, <laughs> you were the one that wrote the story. But uh, Brooke, what do you think of that? Um, I think that, uh, I mean, we should try. Maybe we don't put all of our eggs in this basket, but (laughs) maybe we put a couple. We should at least pay attention. I mean, it sounds like they've got this big opportunity in front of them. Um, They are definitely, uh, they're they're definitely want some incentives. (laughs) They know they they have uh, something... That they can uh, they can get some uh, some uh, incentives for. So. I, I really would hate to lose a company that has such great potential, though. Yeah, so. yeah, and you know Louisville needs that that big tech company that like really you know boosts the number of employees. I mean, Humana obviously pulls in a lot of tech workers, but um, but the uh, but there's a lot of other small ones too. So um, I'm gonna move us on from there, and we're gonna talk about a ridiculous story that we reported this week. Um, uh, Marty's going to tell us about it, and Marty doesn't think it's ridiculous. I do, so uh, <laughs> just to clarify. But um, Marty, tell us about this seventy-five thousand dollar hotel package. Uh, who's offering that? Yeah, so if you're familiar with Whiskey Row, the Hotel Distill and Moxie are almost finished. They'll be opening on the 29th. Hotel Distill is the more upscale brand of the two. It's a bourbon themed um, brand. It's part of Marriott. 
they put out a notice as they're now kind of ramping up uh, publicity with around the hotel opening. Uh, a VIP package. We see these swag packages a lot. Usually we'll do a, a feature every year on some of the big swag packages at Derby that hotels are offering, but none quite like this. This is a $75,000 uh, VIP hotel package. It's a two, I think it's three days, two nights, uh, but they pamper you at the hotel. They take you to Ashburn Farms. You get to do all kinds of cool stuff there. And then they give you, I think, what is it, 12 bottles of bourbon. That's what we was trying to figure out. It's sort of the... the monetary value of Yeah, we were trying to down. figure out what what in here is worth $75,000. So it's bourbons from mostly representing decades from like 1910 through 2010 or 1920 something like that. So They didn't say exactly what the bourbons. They didn't were. say the bourbons. They also mentioned a master distiller that you would be doing a ter- bourbon tasting, a private tasting, but they didn't say who the master distiller is. Right, so there's some right. suspense, a little bit of mystery around this package <laughs> too. You do yeah, get a that, monograph bathrobe, too, as part of it. So. Yeah, yeah. So there's, uh, I was oh, like, well, there's about $75 of the $75,000. <laughs> um, and, you know, I just, I, I thought it was, I, I thought it was ridiculous. What, what did you guys think is the best uh, part of this package? Did anything jump out to you I, super worth it? So, number one, I just want to say how weird this is that it's only a two-day thing or like a two-night <laughs> stay right so $75,000 for two nights but I digress uh the best thing about it for me would be the limo service everywhere you go like driving is a hassle for me I was just complaining this morning about I have to drive across Butter Bridge every day to, Bridge. to get to work and I hate the commute sometimes it took me 45 minutes to get six miles yep. across the bridge you could at least be doing that in a stretch limo Yes, but a stretch limo, you know, taking me from the airport, taking me to Ashburn Farms, that would be the best perk for me, There's I think. There's also turn-down service, which I don't think... Turn I downs. knew what it was because I covered it. Turn down for mint what? On your pillow? No, that is what I can come and do that for they, you guys. They come in and they prepare your bed for sleep. I joked, I'm literally so poor, I don't even know what turn down service <laughs> is. I didn't know what it was either until Marty told so, yeah. me what it was. And then and I was like, that sounds ready. super Are they going awkward. to put me in the bed? Too? I don't know about that. They will also serve you breakfast in bed. Turn down my bed. <laughs> so... It just like for seventy five thousand dollars, I will do that for all of you every <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, you know, I thought you would at least get like a year at the at the hotel for <laughs> seventy five thousand dollars, but uh, I or think uh, my favorite perk would be uh, the the bourbon bottles as a bourbon lover. Um, yeah, but, but I don't know, like, what are we talking here? There's are these like rare collectors items or there was a there was a little bit of a hint that in some cases there's only one or two bottles. Of this particular bourbon in the world. That's pretty cool. So they cool. are So that's rare. cool. I mean, that's, that's a I don't know what the, I still know the brands, but there's some, maybe some fairly rare bourbons in there. I don't imagine I'll ever be um, at a level where I but could I'm never going to find out. But we started, so we started, I'll never know. David, David started looking into prices of ultra rare bourbons and they got up there in the yeah, tens of thousands of dollars. $50,000. So yeah, I mean, it's, but is there someone the out there that it's like, it's their job to go and find these like rare bottles? I guess, um, and I, I like totally shun bourbon collecting. I can't stand it when people buy bourbon and then not drink it. And I'm like, why do you own that? Like, <laughs> you should drink. And it. like you should, like you probably shouldn't open a fifty thousand dollar bottle. Oh, though. that's true. But like, well, but then if you're not going to open though, it, then like, why it even says have that it? You get to taste each bottle, so they will be opened. 
Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, what if I don't want to do that? I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe that's an option. Like, <laughs> I, I think it's, if you're paying $75,000, you get to say what you want and what you don't want to do. I guess if you're paying $75,000 for a two-day trip, money really just isn't. No. Yeah, you're just like really a, not thinking about yeah. the money. Um, I did take an informal poll on Twitter about this saying, you know, who has $75,000 and does anyone need a plus one? <laughs> um, <laughs> so someone commented and said, you know, people who win big at Derby might be interested in something oh, like this. True. And I was like, well, there you go. If they still have their winnings since yeah. this is in October. But, that, <laughs> you know, let's think about it from the economic impact uh, of this. You know, if we have people who uh, can spend $75,000 in our city, think about the other money that they're going to be spending while they are here. I don't know. Yeah. I just don't <laughs> know if anybody's going to do it. I don't know, you know. That wasn't what I was going to Does anyone do you. any of those wild packages? I mean, there's some derby packages that are up in this range or more. For, uh, are there? The are they just yeah. two days? Though? Derby night stays it in Louisville yeah. or somewhere like four to five thousand dollars a night during Derby. Yeah, so there were some packages. Quickly that get were up there. So you think anyone like it, it, considering that? Do you think anybody is gonna? I think you can have like a minor celebrity do it. Yeah. You know, like someone that's really into bourbon and I think has a lot of money. I think there's a lot of wealth out there. There is celebrity yeah. or not that. You know, would would do but this. you know, like they would have to be into like you the have bourbon, to be so into bourbon. The bourbon this. thing is really catching on, and just pop culture, and you know, you got guys like Bobby Flay that is like falling in love with the whole concept. I mean, let's think about it from a perspective of international. There's so many people internationally who are catching. But on that's to what bourbon. I was thinking. Like for this amount, you could fly to all the top ten distilleries in the world and tour all of them, and. Not just be in one state in one hotel. But for those people who could do that, $75,000 is nothing. That's true. Um, also, I thought, is this just, just a, a publicity stunt that we're all playing into by uh, uh, talking about right now? I don't I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, it's a real package. You yeah. think it's real? I don't know that anybody will... I don't know who will take them up on it. Though. Hey, peeps from Hotel uh, yeah, Moxie and Distill, let us know if someone buys this. Yeah, yeah we, we want to interview We want to know. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else on the uh, the wild VIP package? I will say that I am interviewing the chef who will be preparing those uh, chef-prepared meals that are included in this package, hopefully sometime next week. So I'm excited to see what his vision is for um, Repeal Steakhouse, which is opening within the hotel, you know, I think at the end of the month yeah. or beginning we'll of be, November. We'll be getting in a little bit early to shoot it. So that'll be on our website later this month. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think that'll do it for this week's show. I um, want to thank Haley, Marty, and Brooke. If you guys at home haven't already, I would uh, urge you to go on to some popular podcast services such as Apple, Google, Spotify, or others. And try and uh, subscribe to us there so you never miss a show. Uh, so that's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening at home. 